At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father. You are the Lord of heavens and earth. You have hidden these things from wise and educated people, but you have shown them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what I wanted you to do. My Father has given all things to me. Father is the only one who knows the Son, and the only one who knows the Father are the Son and those to who the Son chooses to make him known. Come to me, all who are tired and are carrying heavy loads, I will give you rest. Become my servants and learn from me. I am gentle and free of pride. You will find rest for your souls. Serving me is easy and my load is light. Did she do well? Excellent. No repetition, stumbling or whatever it is. Uh, great. Good morning, everybody. It's great to have the opportunity to, to speak with you this morning. A very warm welcome to all of you watching online, whether now or catch up later on, and of course to all of you here in person. Uh, are you ready? Are you warm? <laughs> mixed. Mixed. Look, if anybody needs to spontaneously stand up and jump up and down, stomp your feet, that's fine. I'll take it as encouragement, so you just carry on. Do what you need to do to keep warm. I may be a bit more energetic than normal. Um, anyway, here we go. So I've got uh, kind of three pointers for you this morning. Just pointers, things that I hope you'll find a mixture of uh, encouraging, encouragement from it, maybe a bit of challenge too. It's good to have the both. But hopefully they'll just be pointers for you from this passage from Matthew chapter 11 that Sophie's just read to us this morning. So you ready? Just wanted to check. Um, good. So here are the three things. First thing is I just want to focus on one particular characteristic of Jesus. Just one thing. It kind of builds on what Jess was talking about a couple of weeks ago, uh, what Sophie was talking about <clears throat> last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. One particular characteristic of Jesus. Second thing is about being in two places at once. What on earth do I mean by that? I shall explain in a minute. It's a very useful skill to have being in two places at once. And then thirdly, we're going to walk in the shoes of a guy called Joseph Scriven for a few moments to see what we can learn by walking in his shoes. So you, that's what it is. Three things. One characteristic of Jesus, being in two places at once, and Joseph Scriven. So, the very first verse that Sophie's just read to us, I think it's verse 25, where we hear Jesus talking about himself and about his father and about how who he is and who his father is is hidden from the wise and the intelligent and it's there for anyone who has a childlike openness a childlike openness just to receive him and accept him for who he is and this this kind of gets at something that's absolutely central, that's really significant about who Jesus is. Because right from the outset, you know, Jesus had this message of hope and of love and of acceptance to bring, to bring to everyone. No one was excluded. No one. Yet, right from the outset, did he go to the intelligent? Did he go to the educated? Did he go to those who controlled government, who had influence and power? 
No, of course he didn't. He didn't do any of that, which would have been maybe the logical thing to do. He didn't do any of that. He went to ordinary people. Ordinary people like you and like me. And he went to ordinary people through whom he was going to do radical things. And in fact, right from the outset, when he chose his, his core team, if you like, his most immediate um, travellers on this kind of journey, his disciples as we know them, he, uh, he went to ordinary people who had no particular advantage in life. In fact, quite a few of them had quite a lot of disadvantages. I mean, one was a reformed man of violence, a zealot. One was a tax collector, and Jess talked to us all about how tax collectors were perceived in that culture at that time, despised, rejected, traitors to their people, and these two were, a bunch of, were within a bunch of ordinary people who Jesus decided to invest all his time in. And if, if for any of you watching this or listening to this, the words Christian or Christianity carry, a, or even church, carry a bit of baggage, because they do for people. They do for some people. If they do carry a load of baggage, if you get stuck there, don't worry. That's okay. That's okay. Because this, this is a conversation, purely and simply, about following the example of Jesus, who was for ordinary people. Desperately wanted to be in relationship with ordinary people, just like you and me. So what's all this being in two places at once stuff I was talking about? Well, last week, pretty sure it was last week, Alan mentioned a guy called John Mark Comer and a book he was reading. You can see his face, his post on Facebook amongst all the coffee and Nero's and cakes and goodness knows what. There was a book tucked away in there by this guy called John Mark Comer. It's called, it's called Practicing the Way. Practicing the Way? Yeah, Practicing the Way. So... On this issue of being in two places at once, this is the way John Mark Comer puts it. And he starts by talking about, we all have an emotional home. Did you know that? You have an emotional home. It's your default setting. John Mark Comer puts it this way, and I quote, it's where your mind goes when you're not too busy with tasks. It's where your emotions go when you need a moment of solace. It's where your body goes when you have free time. And it's where your money goes when you've paid the bills. It's your emotional home. How is your emotional home? Is it in good health? That's a question for you to think about. That's not my business. But what would it look like if you were able to build your emotional home in God? Now, what on earth does that mean? That's where it's about being in two places at once. It's learning to go about your daily activities, whatever they may be, and let Jesus in and talk to Jesus. 
going about your daily activities and letting Jesus in. You're in the classroom, you're waiting for a coffee, you're on your way to work, you're clearing out your inbox, you let Jesus in. You spend time with Jesus. You're planning a meeting, you're in a conversation, you're in a negotiation, you're on the construction site, you're in college, you let Jesus in. You talk to him and you let Jesus in. You learn to practice the art of being in these two places at once. And I don't know about you, but my story is that this can take time. It sounds simple, and it is simple, but it can be difficult, and it takes time to learn to build this into your web. It can take years. I remember when Jane, my wife and I, when we first started out, I can remember when we used to sit down and go through our monthly bank statement. Objective one was simply to make sure that expenditure was slightly lower than income. Result, happiness. But then we began to ask ourselves some questions. And we began our own experience of trying to live in these two places at once. Because we looked at our bank statement and we started to say, well, yeah, we want to be good stewards of what we've got, but would it be obvious to anybody looking at this bank statement? Any of you, anybody, if they saw what money came in and they saw where the money went, would it be obvious that here was the example of Jesus being lived out? Was it just about us, Guy and Jane? Was there any room for anybody else in where this money was going? Was there space for those less fortunate than us? Was there something for those that might need a little bit of help in life? Was there something for the work of the Church of Jesus? And in fact, the places we went to spend the money we had, would Jesus have enjoyed being with us when we were there? Just a normal, everyday activity, going through the monthly bank statement, but letting Jesus in. And I guess what we... It's definitely true for us, for Jane and I. I think it's probably true for you. The, uh, I guess the extent to which my story and your story will bear the example of Jesus is the degree to which we let him in. The degree to which we open ourselves up to him. The degree to which we let him be the author of our stories. Does my bank statement also tell the story of Jesus? Obviously. Clearly. It's about being in two places at once. And now we're going to spend just a few minutes walking in the shoes of Joseph Scriven. And Stephen's going to help us do that in a moment. Joseph Scriven 
was born in 1819 in the Republic of Ireland. He was born to a small village rural community. And as he grew up, it became clear that he had a talent, he had a gift, if you like, for learning and communicating. And he won a place to study at Trinity College, Dublin. So as a young man, late teens, maybe 20, he left his family and his village community, and he went to Dublin to study. And he left his childhood sweetheart behind for that time of study. Having finished his studies, a few years later, he returned to his family home, where he was determined to build a life and to be a teacher and to help others, and he became engaged to his childhood sweetheart who waited for him. The day before they were due to be married, the day before their wedding day, they agreed to ride out from their respective homes and meet on the banks of the River Ban to spend a bit of time together before the day of celebration. As Joseph's fiancée was riding along the banks of the River Ban, unexpectedly her horse reared up and threw her from her saddle. Falling to the ground, she struck her head on the riverbank stones and she fell unconscious. And tragically, just minutes before Joseph arrived at the same spot to meet her, she drowned in the river. Joseph was emotionally shattered and a short time later, he decided that he simply couldn't build his life in the same community, in the same environment, where everything was filled with the images and pictures and memories of his fiancée and the life they'd hoped to have together. So he decided to leave Ireland, and he took the boat across the Atlantic to Canada, where he landed on the East Coast, and he went to Toronto, where he was to spend the rest of his life. He arrived in Toronto right at the beginning of 1843, and he found work on the banks of Lake Ontario, working for a retired sea captain whose children needed tutoring. And during the course of 1843, he met the niece of the sea captain, Eliza Rice. And they fell in love, and with the sea captain's blessing, they agreed to get married after the harsh winter of 1843 and the spring of 1844. During that winter of 1843, Eliza sadly contracted pneumonia. Joseph was seen by her bedside day after day, doing what he could to nurse her back to health. Tragically, for a second time, Joseph lost his fiancée because Eliza died as a result of her pneumonia before they could be married in the spring of 1844. Joseph thereafter gave his life to helping those who had a disability in some way or who just had a need. They needed a helping hand in some way. And then a few years later, in the early 1850s, he received news that his mother, still living in Ireland, was sick and probably in the final chapter of her life. Joseph was unable to make the return trip by boat to see his mother in person. So he decided on reflection to write her a poem. 
to encourage her and sustain her at this moment in her life. And this is what he wrote. Praise and endless worship. 
Are you having a real struggle, said Jesus, as Sophie read to us earlier. Come to me. Are you carrying a big load on your back? Come to me. I'll give you rest. Pick up my yoke and put it on. Take lessons from me. My heart is gentle, not arrogant. You will find the rest you deeply need. My yoke is easy to wear. My load is easy to bear. I think Joseph Scriven knew something about opening up his life to Jesus. I think he knew something, an ordinary man, an ordinary person who Jesus loved to be with. He knew something about bringing everything to Jesus. And in so doing, he found his rest. Not because of the circumstances. There were times of great joy in his life. But not always because of the circumstances. But because he found it in himself to bring everything he had to prayer in Jesus. And that can be true for me and true for you as it was true for him. Ordinary men and women opening up our lives to let Jesus be the author of our lives. Let's take a moment in quiet and then we'll, Stephen and the band can lead us in worship. Father, I pray as we reflect on your words, as we reflect on your example, as we reflect on the love you have for each and every one of us. I simply pray that you'll take these words and they will have relevance in some way. They will be helpful in some way to each of us. And in a sense, we leave ourselves in your presence, in your arms. Be with us. Be with us, we pray, each and every one, whatever our circumstances. Amen.
while Guy was speaking to us uh, perhaps a situation in your life came to mind where you feel you need to practice that being in two places at once you need to take it to the Lord in prayer you need to invite Jesus into it Guy shared an example about his finances, his bank statements. It could be something like that. It could be something that you're struggling with emotionally. It will look different for each of us. Father, we lift that to you now, whatever it is, for those that relate to this. We take it to the Lord in prayer now. Help us 
to live out that being in two places at once. To welcome, to invite you into it. To be thinking about how you might be at work. What you might want us to do. We welcome you now. Come Holy Spirit. The peace of God, which passes all knowledge and understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you today, this week, and evermore. Amen.